I want to talk about the plan. That is the title of today's message. It is the plan. You know, as a minister, you always have to have something ready to talk about. So I've got a little something for you all today. I promise you, I probably won't hold you more than 20 minutes today. Because I have a plan. (laughs) To get this done and over. (laughs) But more importantly, God has a plan. And for whatever reason it was, he wanted me here before you all to share his word. And there's something here for somebody in here. Amen? Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 5, read with me beginning from verse 4, and I think we'll go to verse 11. And I don't have my reading glasses on, so if I stumble over a word or two, don't judge me. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But... Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. How many times, and I'm going to stop right there just for a second. How many times have we heard the voice of God, whether it be a burden or through his word, and we know that God is telling us, Leon, I need you to sit down for a second and do this or do that. Or, Steve, I need you to just stop for a second and I need you to do this. Or whoever it is in here. How many times have we had heard God's voice, uh, maybe not audible voice, but in our spirit, telling us that there is work that he had for us to do? And our answer is, but. You know, whenever I look at the Bible and I see that word, but, there is usually something powerful that follows it. And in, in this situation, I see this word, but, and it's huge because this word, but, it tells me that, that Peter had other plans. Plans that, that, that didn't include the plans that God had for him. But when God has something for you, who can stand in front of it and stop it? Amen? Peter, P- Peter says, but, it says, but Simon Peter answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, see Simon, even though he, he, he realized he was tired and, and he didn't feel like doing anything else. He wanted to just bring the nets in and, and come on the shore and just sit back and relax for a minute. Every once in a while, you want to relax when God's saying, you know what? It's not time to relax. God's saying, it's time to get to work. So Peter says, uh, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees 
saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. How many of us know that we are sinful people? And there are times when when God is telling us, hey, sail back out to the deep, cast your nets back out. And we're fighting against it. We're pushing. We're pushing. I don't feel like going back out there. I, I, I don't feel like getting up this morning and going to church and, and listen to this minister. I don't feel like going out and, and, and knocking on somebody's door and asking them, hey, if you left this place, if you died today, do you know where you'd be in, 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 when you woke up from, from being dead? Do you know where you would be? I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel like telling people at work, you ought to come to church, or, or, or I don't feel like being the example that I should be sometimes. But God says, let down your net. And when you let down your net and we bring in your catch, it will be so much that you will need another boat to help you. And it will be so much that both of those boats are about to sink. God is powerful. And he has a plan for each one of our lives. He had a plan this morning for Leon to stand up here before you all and to speak God's word. Leon had a plan to sleep in a little bit late, come in late, and then watch Pastor Redmond preach the gospel. But that wasn't God's plan. That wasn't God's plan. A lot of times we, we, we think that um, we know best. We think that our way is the way. But if you cannot line your way up with Christ's way, then guess what? Yours is wrong, not his. Amen? Amen. See, when I think about this, this topic, the plan, I, I realize, you know, the plan started a long time before any of us were even here. The plan started way back in creation. Over, over the last week or so, uh, Pastor Redman has been going through the book of Genesis in Bible study. And that first Thursday night, we were in Genesis chapter 1. And we got all the way through, in the beginning, God. That's as far as we got. And there's a reason be. be for that, the reality is God is so big and so powerful and so amazing that we had to stop right there and realize and unpack who God truly is. Think of this. A being that is so amazing and so miraculous and so powerful and so loving and, and, and so so graceful and, and has so much love at the same time has so much wrath with a thought, a spoken word. He created everything that we see. We may have made some stuff, but we have never created out of nothing anything. But God, that is a powerful being that is above all things, nothing is above him. He is so powerful, so knowledgeable. He is so, he is everywhere. 
Yet, we being made for the sole purpose of glorifying him have the audacity at times to glorify ourselves. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. This is a God that is incomprehensible to us. See, we think we know God. We think we, we, we know who he is. Well, we know what God allows us to know about him. There's things that, that, that God has, that God does, that God knows about, that we will never know nor understand. But the reality is, what he does reveal to us, he reveals to us in this book, his word, and what he does reveal to us, if we come to know it, understand it, believe it, and love it the way he it meant for us to, our life would be so much smoother and easier. You see, the reality is, however, there are times when you, there are times when I, and there are th- times when those around us, we want to be our own God. But that is not how God created us. God created us for the purpose of his glory. Think about that. You know, we talk about creation and, and we, we, we think about how, how God spoke it and it was done and, and all this, this. But do you really, really consider it in your daily walk? I remember after um, teaching a, one of the Bible study classes, and I was talking about creation and how God, every time he created something, and he looked at it, and God saw that it was good. He looked at it, and he said, it was good. He created a firmament in the, the air and, and the, the moon and the stars and all that stuff. And he said, it was good. There's a reason that it was good. Because when God creates, he creates perfection. God is a perfect being. So when he creates something, he creates it perfectly. Amen? So, so, when he created the earth, when he created the, the, the animals, the plants, the, the stars, the moon, everything that he created, he created it without blemish. It was perfect. It's funny. When I talk about the, the perfection of God's creation... And, in fact, I had a brother in here last week that that mentioned to me how, you know, he said, man, you got me driving down the street looking at the moon. I'm like, what are you talking about? He remembered the the, the, the mess, the um, 
Bible study lesson where we talked about how when God created the heavens and the earth and, and he created the stars and the firmament and all that stuff, how perfect it is. And he was telling me about how he was driving home and he just happened to look into the sky and see what God did. Think about that. The next time you're driving down the street, especially at night, you all notice that when you're driving at night, especially if you ever have an opportunity to drive in the country, and you're driving down the street at night, look into the sky. Look how beautiful it is, how perfectly everything is set in the sky. And then tell me that there's no God. If you can do that, then you're terribly misled. God placed each and every star and each and every planet. And he did it so perfectly that they work together as one, which is how this earth maintains its position, which keeps us alive. Amen? That's the perfection that God created. The perfection of his creation. He created each and every one of us. But when man was created... He was created perfect, right? He was created without blemish, without error. However, Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing that good, knowing good and evil. So God created us. He created us perfect, right? He created us a little different than the other things he created us, created. He created us with free will, right? And his plan was for us to have the will, use that free will, to do what he told us to do, right? However, because men, women, people, we always want more. Amen? How many times have you, you, um, you know that there's something that, that, that's there in front of you. You, you. you shouldn't have it, but you want it anyway. For example, when my daughter was three years old, there was a really shiny item on the table, and it caught her eye. And she'd go for it, and we said, no, no. So she knew she wasn't supposed to get it. But as soon as our back was turned, She's reaching for it again. You catch it. No, no. Sometimes you might have to pop her hand. Right? 
It's kind of like that. That forbidden fruit. Y'all might have noticed I went to the fair the other other day. And there there was some forbidden fruit up there. And I I had my eye on that forbidden fruit. It was looking good to me. We bought three. And that fruit looked good. And we kept reaching for that. This fruit's not as forbidden as some of the other fruit. There was some blue and white forbidden fruit there. That's more forbidden than... You know, this wolf pack fruit is kind of, you know, it's all good. But there's that other one. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Sometimes you just want to reach for something that don't belong to you. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we, we as, even as, as believers, we know that what we're about to do or thinking about doing, God saying, I wouldn't do that if I were you. God said, hey, stay away from that. There's, there's times maybe we're, we're looking for that promotion. We want that, that, that promotion so bad. And the boss man is saying, you know what? We really need these numbers to look a certain way. We, we need these numbers. Do what you got to do to make the numbers look the way we want them to look. Sometimes in our desire to have what we want, we're able to or willing to go against God's will and do a little bit, just a, a little gray area and, and cross that gray area. Sometimes in, in life we 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 we, uh, we maybe have have relationships that that you know we're we're close and, and we're really starting to really gel together and, and and it's starting to get really really how you say um hot. We're really enjoying each other's company, and then there's that. Forbidden fruit that we know we don't need to be reaching for. We know that at 11 o'clock, sometimes later, it's getting late. It's time for, for her to go home or for him to go home. And there's that temptation to reach for that forbidden fruit. There's that temptation that says, you know, it won't hurt if you just stay over. You just stay on your side of the bed and I'll stay on my side. How many of y'all know that don't work? That forbidden fruit is right, and it's so tempting. And you, you, you know you're not supposed to have it because God told you that you're not supposed to have that fruit. Maybe you're at work and that young man with that cut-up physique Somewhat like, well, no, not that one. <laughs> but he's got that cut-up physique. And every time you come in the office, he says, you look nice today. And you're like, thank you. Or she's like, mmm, you smell good. And you're like, thank you. <laughs> but the reality is, That's that fruit calling your name. That's that forbidden fruit saying, mmm, don't I look good? Don't you want to just take a bite? Don't you want to just be more like Jesus, be more like God and be your own God, make your own decisions? Sometimes 
we have to push away from the forbidden fruit. Adam and Eve, prior to the fall, they took of the forbidden fruit. They were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And the world went haywire. Think about this. Prior to the fall, prior to the taking of the forbidden fruit, animals did not eat other animals. Men did not kill other men. It was peace. It was peaceful at all times. But after the fall, after the fall, you know, it's funny. God loved us during creation. God loved us through the fall of man. And after this fall, man began to kill man. Animals would kill other animals. You know, there was wars. There were rumors of wars. There was chaos on the earth, just like you see right now. And that is because the fall of man. But you know what? God loves us so much that there is a solution to the fall. God loves us so much that even though we make mistakes on a regular basis, I must make mistakes every day. You make mistakes every day. Some of us don't want to admit that we make mistakes every day. But the reality is we do. You will. Nobody's perfect. And the reason nobody is perfect because There are times when we want to be God. You can't be God. You have to be God's child. See, God had a plan. God understood when he made creation. He had a plan. The plan was for Adam and Eve to live in the garden, to to multiply and and to, to live out life in the garden with their free will. However, should their free will lead them in the wrong direction, which it did, he had a plan for that as well. Isn't it good that God loved us enough through creation that he created us, made us who we are, designed us in such a way that we were perfect in his sight. And he said, it is good. And then when we failed and when we fell, he had a plan to bring us redemption so that we didn't have to live in that fallen state. God is a loving, powerful God. God loved us so much that we didn't have to stay in this state of mind where, oh, We have failed God. We have to hide from God. We can't be in God's sight. Don't you know, no matter what you do, where you are, who you're with, God sees you. Don't you know, no matter where you are, what you're doing, who you are, God's there. So when you're failing to send that, um, call that Uber for that person that's still at your house, Or you, 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 you're failing to say, no, boss, man, I can't fudge these numbers. Or you're failing to tell that good-looking dude or that good-looking lady at your job, look, I'm married, 
I don't want to hear your compliments anymore. They were nice, though, but I don't hear <laughs> God even, he's there in those situations as well. And guess what? If you, he still loves you. He loves you even when you're messing up. Don't get me wrong. Just because he loves you don't mean you won't be chastised. You won't find what it means to, to feel the consequences of your sin. Amen? Amen. So he has a plan for us. He loved us so much that he had a plan for creation. He had a plan for the fall. And he had a plan for redemption. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 5. And I'm just going to read verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are become new. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, God had a plan in that once the fall came, he knew you were going to screw it up. Can I say that in church? I'm sorry. He knew you were going to mess it up. My wife right back there shaking her head. I know he didn't just say that. He had a plan. He understood that we were going to mess up everything. But he loved us even in our fall, in our fallen state. He loved us even as we, as we walked into sin and did all kinds of things that you know you should not be doing. He loved us that much that he had put together a plan to help you out of your current condition. God says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ. See, here's the plan. God understood that the fall was going to come and he loved us. Prior to that, God understood that he wanted to create us because he loved us. After the fall, God understood that he had to make a way for us to be back with him. In other words, to recreate us. Recreation. Therefore, if any man, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. How about, how do you, how did, it's so amazing to me, I can't even put the words together. How amazing is it that God loved us so much, understanding we were going to mess it up, we were going to tear it up, break it down, do all kinds of wrong, yet he loved us so much that he allowed himself to come to this earth in a man's body. Be nailed to a cross after being beaten. Crown of thorns placed on his head and nailed to a cross and die after. How, how can a God love you that much? Who out here says, 
I deserve that kind of love. If you raise your hand, I'm going to walk down there and smack you myself. (laughs) We don't deserve the kind of love that God gives us. But here's the thing. Why were we created? We were created for the sole purpose of glorifying God. Amen? So in order for us to glorify God, for order for us to, to, to meet the plan that God has for us, when, the, when man fell, God had a plan in place to bring man right back where he wants them. And if you were willing and able and had a desire to have Jesus in your life, Jesus in your heart, to change you from the inside out, to make you a new creation, Boom, there's the glory again. Isn't God good? Amen. God is so wonderful and so powerful. And that's what we call redemption. So we got God's love in creation. We got God's love in the fall. And we got God's love in redemption. But most importantly, we have God's love through Christ. There's a quote I I just read just recently. It said, Jesus invades the reality of our lives and invites us into a life larger than our own. Isn't that, I mean, when I read that, I was like, ooh, I need to write that down. Because that is so true. You know, I, I remember when... I was uh, just really starting to come to church again. And I was doing a sales job. And everywhere I would go, I'd, I'd be trying to sell somebody. I was doing Yellow Page advertising. That's a fun sales job, by the way, because everybody needs Yellow Pages if you're in the business back then. They don't need it now. But uh, <laughs> you go into a place, and they get mad because they know you're going to raise their rates and all this stuff. And... Um, you know, they, they kick you out of their place, and you say, okay. But you know, Joe down the street, your competitor, he's in the book. I'll see you tomorrow. And they're telling you, don't ever come back. And tomorrow you knock on the door. Hey, it's Leon with Yellow Pages again. Decide what you want to do. And they hate you. They hate the Yellow Page guy back in the day. They hated him. And I say, do you know what you want to do? He's like, get out of my store. Don't come back. All right. I just sold the other guy, your other competitor. He got a full page ad. Hope you're in the book because you know you're going to have to have a two page in order to be in the front. But I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Then you go back that third day. You know, his response is, what's it going to cost me? And they're mad. I don't know why I told that story. I had a plan for that story, but after I got in the story, I forgot the plan. Isn't it good that God never forgets the plan? That 
that's embarrassing. I should have wrote, written that one down. So, so as believers, we need to mimic Jesus in all things that we do as believers. We need to love people just like Jesus loves people. Would you say Jesus, when Jesus was on this earth, would you say he loved people? We need to serve people. You know, that's one of the hardest things uh, for us sometimes is to, to serve. You know, there are times when um, you get that call or that text at 730 in the morning. And you're asked to serve. And sometimes you just don't want to. Sometimes you just want to. You just want to be part of the crowd. You just want to sit back and enjoy the, the fruit of the ministry. But Jesus calls us to be part of the ministry. He told the disciples when he filled their boats full of fish. He said, you will be fishers of men. I don't think that was just for the disciples. I think that's for each and every one of us. We have a responsibility to, number one, glorify God through worship. We also have a a responsibility to glorify God by loving people. We also have a responsibility to glorify God by serving people. Our responsibility is do what God, what Jesus did. You remember the bracelets, WWJD, what would Jesus do? That, you know, that, that's, that's good theology. What would Jesus do? He would serve and he would love. Amen. Turn with me to Philippians 2, and then we're going to get out of here before I forget some more of my sermon. (laughs) Starting at verse 5, and we're going to read to verse 11. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those in earth, and watch this, and of those under the earth. So those that decided, I don't want to believe in this Jesus thing, and decided they were going to do their own thing and be their own God, and ended up in hell. Even they will bow at the name of Jesus Christ. Isn't that powerful? 
and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When I look at this scripture and I look at the other ones that we've just read, I see a God that loved me through creation. He loved me when I fell. He loved me enough to send Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins, your sins. He loved me enough to send redemption. He loved me enough to send Christ. That's a God that loves us, people. Amen? told y'all I wasn't going to keep y'all but 20 minutes. I think I've been around that. But uh, folks, God is a loving God. But don't get his love confused with passive. God loves us so much just as you love your children if you have them and your parents loved you if you had them. That when we don't do his will, we decide to be our own gods and do our own thing. God will allow you to see and taste the consequences of your sin. Amen? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity today just to talk about how wonderful and glorious you are. Father, we understand Right now that our responsibility, our goal, the reason we were created is for your glory. And Father, we pray that everything we do, every aspect of our life, every decision that we make, we ask that you would help us glorify you. Get into our minds and into our hearts. Sometimes we have stuff in there that that blocks our thought process and keeps us from from being the believer and the the example you would have us to be, Lord. I ask that you would just remove those blocks, Lord. Father, we thank you so much because you've loved us through creation, through the fall, through redemption, and you gave us Christ. We love you and we honor you. Father, right now, there may be somebody in here who never, for one reason or the other, never received you, received Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. Father, if there's somebody in here right now that they don't know you, they don't have a relationship with you, they don't know what it means to be a Christian. Father, I pray for that heart right now. I pray that you would change that heart, change that mind, that they would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. Father, if that person's in here, I ask that they pray with me right now. God, I'm a sinner. And I don't know Jesus as my Savior, but I ask you to change that right now. I ask that Jesus come into my heart.
change me from the inside out. And that from this moment forward, that I'll be a, a redeemed believer in Jesus Christ. And that my heart and my life will be changed going forward. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, if anybody in here, that was your prayer today, to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right where you're sitting, would you just raise your hand? Amen, I see that hand. Amen. Angels in heaven are rejoicing right now because of if just one person comes to Christ, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Father, we thank you today, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. We love you. We praise you and we honor you. We glorify you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.